0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Intermediate English, Episode 4, with me, Benjamin. I hope you're all doing well. We put our first three episodes up pretty quickly. That's been a bit crazy, so we're going to calm down a bit and try to do one episode a week. Today's episode is about a subject which is connected to a lot of stereotypes about British culture, and I'll be the first to admit that some of these stereotypes are probably true. But I think there are a number of aspects of this topic which might surprise you. We'll find out a bit about where the British notion of politeness comes from, why it is the way it is, and how you might be expected to behave if you visit Britain today. Politeness is a concept that I'm sure exists in every culture in the world, but it's something that gets associated with British culture quite a lot. There's also a connected idea, which is a code of polite behaviour. That's something which we call etiquette, a word which we borrowed from French. And you can show off good behaviour by having good manners. And we'll find out a little bit later what that means. As I say, there's... A culture of politeness in probably every culture across the world. If you want to find out more about that there's a project called Extra, E-C-S-T-R-A, and you can find a link to that in the description. This is an online project which compares different rules and traditions of polite behaviour from across the world. You can take a look at some of the pages in this project and you'll see that different Anglophone countries around the world have their own traditions of politeness. You'll even see that within an individual country, these rules differ region by region. Remember, Anglophone is English-speaking countries. want a classic definition of what we understand by politeness, it's a good idea to rewind, so to go back in time to the 1950s, a time when the rules that regulated polite behaviour were stronger than they are today. I'm going to play you some excerpts from a film called As Others See Us, It's a short educational film made in the United States in 1953, and it's about etiquette. The target audience, the people who the film is aimed at, is teenagers. In the film, you can see school students demonstrating polite behaviour. You can hear in this clip that the narrator recommends that you learn how to behave properly at an early age.
1: Good manners, social graces, etiquette, call it what you will, are all based on consideration for others, being kind to the other fellow and the little things of life as well as the big things. Those who start to learn their manners early are fortunate youngsters. They may not think so at the time, but as they grow older, they realise that good manners can't be put on for special occasions only.
0: As you heard, this is a film about manners, meaning polite behaviour. Back in the 1950s, there was one area of life where polite behaviour was particularly important, and that area was food. In the section you're about to hear, you'll hear a number of rules about how to use your napkin, what cutlery to use, and how different types of food should be dealt with.
1: The rules are simple and are based on your hostess's consideration for you. Put your napkin in your lap quietly. Soup is eaten quietly from the side of the spoon. Good manners are based on common sense and are easy to acquire if you follow the simple rules. Salads are on your left and are eaten with a fork. And remember, the salad fork will be on the outside. The knife and fork are tools you want to know how to use properly. Cut only a bite or two at a time. Your food will not only taste better if it is eaten in small bites, but you will look better, too. And it gives you time to add your bit to the pleasant conversation which should be a part of every meal. Use your knife for cutting instead of tearing. At the table, you will look better if you sit up, relaxed but straight. No elbows on the table, please. Your butter spreader is never used for cutting bread or opening rolls or biscuits, which are broken apart by hand but is used for spreading butter on bread or rolls a bite at a time.
0: By the way, it's interesting to hear how much accents have changed over the last 60 years. One word which you really shouldn't copy from the narrator is fork. I'm not sure whether anyone in the world pronounces it in the way he does, but either way, I don't think his pronunciation is a great one to copy unless you want to sound like you're living in the 1950s. So once you've got your head around these rules concerning food, you'll soon discover that your ideal behaviour depends a lot on whether you're male or female.
1: These are simple things, considerate things that make sense and will help you build an attractive personality. Boys usually stand when introduced and always shake hands. Girls may if they choose. Girls follow the head waiter or hostess, and the boys follow the girls. When there is no head waiter, the boy goes ahead to secure a table and seat his young lady. Whether it be punch from a crystal bowl or hot dogs at a hayride, the gentleman is responsible for getting refreshments. And it is the young lady's responsibility to be gracious in all her actions, to help in keeping up conversation so that everyone is at ease. At every age, it's still a man's world when it comes to giving the order. So you tell your escort and let him tell the waiter. It will probably continue to be a man's world when ordering for a long, long time.
0: Now, don't worry if you didn't understand every single word in these recordings. To be honest, most native English speakers wouldn't understand everything either, because the accent is old-fashioned and the vocabulary is very specific. But hopefully that's given you a flavor of what we mean when we talk about etiquette and polite behavior. To give you a flavor that means give you a sense of it, give you a rough idea. So hopefully that's given you a flavor of what we're talking about. (laughs) Clearly, these rules were pretty important in the 1950s, but they have roots going back far beyond that. Etiquette and politeness come from a set of rules which became fairly common across Europe and which were established in the 17th and 18th centuries, so in the 16th and 1700s. France was actually a very important country for delineating these rules, for setting out these rules. And that's why we stole a lot of French words to express the concept of politeness. In English, the word polite was first used in its modern sense in 1748, so right in the middle of the period we're talking about. And the word etiquette was then stolen from French two years later in 1750. I think it's important to understand the context of these words and of the behaviour that they refer to at the time. Back then, there was a growing tension between two different groups in society, the nobility on the one hand, and on the other, the middle classes. The nobility traditionally earned their money through warfare, through fighting. They also had titles, in other words, they were the duke of this or the count of that, and this meant that they were the lord of a particular piece of land, and that this land was inherited by the son each generation. The middle classes, however, came from other backgrounds, such as finance and law. And their power was based more on what we call new money. That means money made through the professional world and not through inheritance. Inheritance receiving money from your parents. That's what we call old money. The middle classes were becoming both more important and wealthier during this period, rising up to become ministers or civil servants in governments and controlling more aspects of society. So in this context of competition for the most important roles in society, rules were being developed about good behavior, about polite behavior, which meant high-status behavior. By following these rules, you could separate yourself from those who were beneath you and show your superiority. This was also a time in which men were considered to be superior to women, which is why the rules of politeness involved different behaviour for men and women. Examples of this are men holding doors open for women and allowing them to go through the door first, because of a belief that women were weaker than men, also men ordering food, as in the film that we heard from the 1950s, because men in this theory should be the ones making decisions for women. Those were the beliefs of the time. And as you can see, these beliefs continued through to the 1950s. These rules often centered around food and drink. That's because dining offered so much potential for the creation of rules. What knife you should use, what fork you should use, where you should put your napkin, what you're allowed to do with your hands, who you should speak to, who should pour the wine, how many courses, what kinds of food, I could go on. In summary, the middle class in the sixteen and 1700s created a set of rules about behavior, which was so essential to their existence that the rules persisted for a very, very long time. You might be wondering how many of these rules continue into British society today. Firstly, I would say don't worry too much about the rules that existed in the 1950s or in the 1750s for that matter. You won't make a fool of yourself, as in you won't make yourself look stupid if you eat with the wrong kind of cutlery or if your salad is on the right instead of the left. It doesn't matter who orders food, it isn't the man's job more than the woman's in modern Britain. In fact, all the rules you heard to do with gender don't really apply anymore. However, Britain is still a rules-based society to an extent, and maybe more than your country. There are a few cultural norms in Britain, which it's worth knowing about if you visit. There are certain unspoken rules about conversation For example, it's expected that you wait your turn to speak. You don't speak over people. British people tend to disagree with each other in ways which are a bit oblique. In other words, a bit indirect. For example, you can disagree by saying, I see what you're saying, but... Or, that's interesting, I wonder whether... Those are phrases you can use for disagreeing, and they might sound to you like agreement. You can also signal that you have something to say using eye contact or gesture. Or you could nominate someone else to speak in the same way. British people also tend to start conversations quite obliquely, quite indirectly, by saying, well, or how are you? Isn't it a lovely day? That's a bit of a stereotype that British people talk about the weather all the time, but there is a bit of truth to it. Asking, how are you, is also very common, even with people that you don't know so well. In bigger cities, we tend to speak less to strangers, but in smaller towns and in the countryside, it can be normal to speak a bit more with strangers. Still, I would say don't overstep the mark. In other words, don't go too far. But if someone asks how you're doing, that is a pretty normal piece of engagement, even if you've never met them before. In this situation, if someone you don't know very well asks you how you are, it's probably best not to unload your entire life story, not to tell them everything that's going on in your life. Instead, you can reply by saying, fine, thank you, how are you? That's a more formal response. Or you can say, all right, thanks, not bad, how about you? Something like that. It's quite useful as well to know how to finish a conversation. You can say, it was lovely to meet you, if you don't know them very well. Um, It was great to see you, if you do know them, or let's stay in touch or I don't want to hold you up, meaning I don't want to prevent you from carrying on with what you're doing. There is a rule that if you're talking to people you don't know very well, you should avoid discussing three things, religion, politics, or sex. That might sound old-fashioned, but I think it's a pretty good idea to follow this rule until you have a lot of first-hand experience of British cultural norms, of traditional behaviour. If you are invited to someone's house, you should always bring something like a bottle of wine, flowers, chocolates, or something you've made. If you're invited for, say, 7.30pm, it's okay to turn up at 7.45, but don't be much later than that. In terms of body language, British people shake hands quite a lot when they meet strangers. Well, at least when there isn't a pandemic. And it's pretty unusual to kiss people when you meet them. That's something that's done quite a lot in parts of Europe, but not that much in the UK. So those are some of the rules, but I think it also helps to know what kind of English you should speak. So every language has different registers, different kinds of language that you should use in different social situations. So if you're working in the UK, you'll probably speak to your boss in a different way from how you speak to your friends. If you're speaking to your boss, you might use a phrase like, let me know if I can help you. Whereas if you're speaking to your friends, you might say, give me a call or call me later, or give me a shout. If you're at a formal dinner, for example, you might say, would you mind passing me the salt? Whereas if you're sitting around with your friends, who you know very well, you might just say, pass the salt, or pass the salt, please. These rules should help you navigate social life in Britain today, rather than Britain of the past. They should also bust some of the myths. In other words, challenge the myths about politeness in the UK. I think the important thing to remember is that the UK today is a multicultural society and it can be pretty open-minded about various cultural attitudes. So if you make a mistake in terms of politeness, it's not the end of the world and people will be understanding So don't be afraid about visiting the UK or talking to British people. We don't bite. I hope I've shed some light on this topic. In other words, I hope you found out something useful about it. And I hope that you enjoyed the episode. If you want to find out more, you can take a look at the links in the episode description. If you look at the links, you can also find out more about the extra project. And I also put a link to the full video of As Others See Us, the educational film from the 1950s. It's only 10 minutes long, so it's really worth a look. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember to tell your friends about it and review it. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, Or just get in touch with me to practice your English, you can send me an email. The address is intermediatepods at gmail.com. I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I can. So stay safe, everyone, and I'll see you next week.